we would find mercy and we would find grace to help us in our time of need. We thank you, Lord, for blessing us. Thank you for helping us. Thank you for keeping us. Thank you, Lord, for keeping us to see another Mother's Day. There are people who are bereft of their mothers today. And we just pray for them right now, Father, that you would make this a day of healing for them. Uh, Not a day of hurt uh, and a day of, of grieving, but a day of healing for them. And we thank you, Lord, that you and only you can do these things by your precious Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. You know, God is the healer, and he knows everybody's need. He knows everybody's situation. I remember uh, years ago when I was a, a child, uh, been that long ago, who said that? Gotcha. But anyway, uh, it was traditional if you, your mother was living, you wear a red uh, carnation or red flower. She was deceased, you wore a white one. And I remember when uh, we got into a, I got, well, I got saved and was in a different church and the pastor there, uh, Pastor Ron, remember him? He was always kind of bold. He was, he was accurate in many things that he did as a pastor. He said, if you got a white, uh, my own and young mama would say, take that thing off. She ain't dead. She's alive. You know, so it was, uh, yeah. And it was, it was effective because it brought healing to many, many people who, because you felt odd if you were one of the few people that wore a white flower on that day. And I thought, well, that's kind of cool. I like that idea. And amen. And so uh, we just celebrate life, you know. She knew the Lord. She is yet alive, you know. Amen. So it was just really good. You know, it's things you pick up along the way as you serve God. He has you sit under people in different times and different seasons for, for different reasons. But the Holy Ghost always knows how to minister truth to us. Amen. So you never have to fear when he's in charge. So he is the author of all truth, ministering truth to people for his healing power. So we're going to talk a little bit about only good things, amen, only good things, only good things, only good things. What is Chuck moving around out there? You moving in or moving out, Chuck? Thank you, thank you, thank you. And get in here anyway, it's an empty seat in here with your name on it, amen. I always pushing some around out there in the lobby. I catch loiterers and all manner of folk out there <laughs> in the lobby. Amen. So if you turn to Matthew chapter seven, and we'll get started. <clears throat> you know, I I uh, often think about people who get stalled in their believing God. You know, you're a little stalled. You know what a stall is? <laughs> you can't quite get it revved up and going. When we first start out believing God for things, we're very, very excited about the prospect of getting the answer. And if the answer seems to be, and I underline that word, seems to be, if it seems to be delayed, or it seems to take longer than we're comfortable with, then we will stall. You know, you kind of don't want to investigate 
what the issue is. If there is a problem, we want to try and guess around it and, uh, you know, do everything uh, but go to God and find out an answer. You know what I'm saying? Uh, many times we just want to hide from God and pretend like we're not upset about things. There are all kinds of emotional and soulish responses to what we consider to be a delay or disappointment. And that's really what it is. Many times we start out um, wonderfully in God. And as time goes on, that time will either make or break your relationship with God. Amen? See, when you read a promise in the Bible, that's just words on a page. And then you come to understand that those words on a page have to become a reality. Now, how that becomes a reality really is up to God. It's not up to us. I mean, faith teaching has taught us some things kind of in a step and formula manner. Uh, and I don't fault faith teaching at all. I just fault the way that it's received sometimes and not corrected. Got me? Because when you teach, you're responsible to make sure that what you're teaching is clear to people and they understand. And then if there's there's a lack of understanding or misunderstanding, you have to be able to step in and correct that misunderstanding. And it's so easy for us to misunderstand uh, spiritual things. You mean natural things too. They say nothing of spiritual things. And so in correcting misunderstanding, sometimes we have to factor in other things that aren't really clearly specified in the basic teaching that we received. Because many times, you know, if you're studying faith, you study Mark 11:23, you study uh, uh, different ideas and concepts surrounding faith and you kind of your mind your carnal mind will kind of slot it into a program step and formula routine that we understand as the way to get God to do something amen so you got to pray you got to believe you received it when you prayed then you got to you know guard your mouth and your confession that you stay on track with it you know you can't speak anything negative against it and so we take it from a relationship promise into a uh, a step and formula legalistic kind of zone uh, when we start engaging with God in desiring things so our biggest job really is not to uh keep our confession straight i mean it helps but there's something deeper going on here that, that we kind of skip over and gloss over, and that's the thing we don't want to face. See, what everybody fears is relationship. I'll say it again. And not just relationship with God, but relationship with people and one another and all of that. We fear that. We fear uh, letting people know what we really think sometimes or you know, or you, you get around people and, and if you think they think feel the same way you do about something, then you're comfortable opening it up to them. You understand what I'm saying? And so we fear uh, having our hearts revealed. That's really what it is. We don't want people to get to know what we really think, how we really feel about things, you know, that kind of stuff. And so it's the same thing with God. When you begin to deal with the promises of God, 
uh, it takes you deeper into relationship with him. And that's the main thing people are trying to avoid. We'd like it better if God was a little slot machine. All we had to do was pull a lever and out pops what we desire and we don't have to have any more relationship with him than we do to a machine. And so if we could avoid the relationship issue about things, then we can more comfortably believe because we, we, there's nothing wrong there. You know, if we, we believe that, that God loves us and he's just going to give it to us anyway, it's easier to do that. But the thing of it is, if, if you're fearing relationship with God, that's going to tell on you first. Because what happens when it doesn't happen like your slot machine mentality thinks it's supposed to happen, it's, then you try to, then the relationship issue pops up. So it's going to pop up anyway. Uh, wonder what I did wrong. Wonder what's taking so long. Wonder, 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 wonder. Those are relationship questions. See, they have nothing to do with your rules and your regs and your do's and your don'ts and your slot machine mentality and your steps and your formulas. Because anybody can do those. You can do those perfectly and still not get what you desire from God. Not right away. And so the relationship issue is always going to come into play because that's the whole thing. The whole thing of the promises of God is relationship with us. So he wants relationship. The Bible says he has given us these great and precious promises that by them we might be partakers of the divine nature. That's relationship. When you partake of divine nature, it's done through relationship with God. And so this relationship concept is totally unavoidable. It's got to happen. It's got to be there. It's got to be on the terms God wants it to be on. It's got to be approving to God. When the Bible says without faith it's impossible to please him that has to do with relationship see we're looking to please god but oftentimes when we are dealing with god that's the last thing we want to face is whether or not what we're doing is pleasing to him whether or not what we think is pleasing to him whether or not our lives the way we live our lives is pleasing to him see we don't want to face those things and that's sometimes the biggest hindrance you take, for instance, your average uh, sinner out there and their concept of God sometimes. And they'll have the healthiest concept of God. It's after you get saved where the devil starts racking your brain and making you. Now that we're, we're in God and there's an obligation on our part to obey him, we think obedience is everything. You understand what I'm saying? It's a major part, but it's obedience from the heart, from the, from your spirit, from your purified heart. And that's God's responsibility to lead, guide, and direct you. It's just your responsibility to find out what he wants you to do and to keep your heart yielded to it. And so when we think about the things that disappoint us and, and uh, uh, kind of cause us that stall 
in our going forward in our faith and in the things we desire from God. You have to factor in there's there's something screwy with the relationship. You know, it's a little bit off kilter, something out in there in your thinking about God. There's not quite adjusted correctly, uh, not not quite what it's supposed to be. So our perception of God has everything to do with our our um, receiving what he has for us, our accepting, embracing what God has for us, all of that. And and it, it reflects, too, on our understanding of who we are before God, so who you are as a believer, who you are as a uh, um, blood-bought person, all of that. It has to be corrected in our thinking. We've got to think correctly about all of these things that point to relationship. What we have with God is a covenant relationship as new creation people. So your first temptation is to think that you're not really a new creature. There's some old stuff still standing in the way. There's some old stuff still living. There's some old stuff still active. And it's powerful enough to keep you at a distance from God. This is something that's very important for believers because it's your your image of who you are that makes all the difference in the world. And God is there continually with his word, which is a mirror that we look into, reassuring you of who you are. See, who you are should be a reassurance. It shouldn't be a condemnation. We shouldn't be we shouldn't be running from who we are and ashamed of who we are and not wanting to be a part of things in God because there's no condemnation to your new creation, man. Man. So our biggest battle will be to stay in the reality of the new and out of the reality of the old. See, if you're still dragging that dead body around you with you that was crucified, nailed to the cross, dead and buried, the new man is what raised up with Christ. Not your old stuff. It's your new. And and your old man is not more powerful than your new one anyway. And see, that's the other lie the devil tells us. He'll stall us into not going forward confidently in God. Let us come boldly. To the throne of grace. Amen. Everybody likes that bold stuff. huh? But then when the rubber meets the road. We get real timid about. <laughs> Let me get up real easy this morning. So God won't know I'm here. You know. I can't get in no trouble. If he don't know I'm doing nothing down here. And so it's it's this conflict. With identity. And, and who we are. And, and being reassured about who we are. Uh, if if you make a, a mistake or you get in the flesh and you do something that's not pleasing to God, He still is there to forgive you. Oh, He just wants to, He wants you to partake of everything that He has for for you, partaking of the divine nature. Uh, this is what He's promised to you. He's promised you forgiveness and that you are a new creature. You're not an old creature trying to make yourself right with God and make yourself acceptable to him he's taken care of all of that already so we don't have to have any shame any fear any 
any of that that the enemy tries to put on us and one of the main ways he does it is through our our relationship of waiting for things that god's promised us mess your head up wondering you know what i'm saying is wonder 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 what what did i do here what did i do there what 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 well it's all forgivable it doesn't matter what you did amen it's all uh, paid for already your mistakes are paid for everything you need's paid for and so god wants us to stay focused on what's my next move to get to the next place god wants me to get to what's my next move to receive the promises that god has for me i wanted to do something for someone uh you know i'm always wanting to do stuff i got stuff on my plate that y'all don't know about but uh it it i wanted to and i didn't have to and this person would have been okay without it but see there's a thing inside everybody that that wants god's best you want somebody to be happy you know you you don't want to be the the drag of the party all the time you know, people look up and see you come oh boy you know and they go to running and out you want to be the person everybody wants to see you know i mean come on now that's the christ in us wanting to to do that and so i thought to myself i said i said i want to do this and i need to do it yesterday and uh i had <laughs> paid some bills and what all did i do uh, anyway i jacked up my money you know what I'm saying? So, so anyway, so I got to wait for a certain date to get more money. You know, it's, everybody has to wait on their, their pay anyway. But, you know, there I was. And it wasn't jacked up, like, on me jacked up. It was jacked up on fun stuff, you know, stuff I like to do. You know, I got, God, I got things to do down here. So it was a little jacked up. And I thought, well, I just can't do this. And I thought, well, God... I'm going to step out. Now, I don't know what's going to ping pong through the bank and bounce. <laughs> I don't know about all the rubber hitting the bank yet, but you know what I'm saying. It ain't going to We good. And so I thought about it, and I said, well, Lord, let me just step out and tell this person that I'm going to do this for them. And they felt better. They were reassured. They were going to have, going to press in and do what they needed to do. But I felt like it would be better if they did it the way they wanted to do it. You know what I'm saying. There's a thing like reputation and style we got. We're children of the king. We got to do this stuff. And so uh, it is. It, when I told that person that, the amount of money I needed and didn't have was placed in my hands like in 10 minutes. You understand what I'm saying? And I knew it was 100% faith because it wasn't like I was going to say, well, what, what credit card do I have? You know how you go through your file of backup plans. This was had to be where God came through for me. I wanted, I wanted that to happen instead of the usual, you know, where you can get it. You know what I'm saying? And it, and it shocked me in a way, but then not. Because I thought to myself, I said, God, this kind of faith resides in us all the time. We just have to do the things that you tell us to do 
in order to step in that place of provision and step into that place of because of that faith is there and that's the thing we're scared of most of the time see when it says come boldly to the throne of grace it means without any reservation that you don't have enough faith to do what needs to be done and that god can't make that stuff appear before you right away huh somebody came up to me and gave me like a hundred bucks i just wanted to bless you pastor barb and i said well cool lay it on me you know and i didn't look at it for a you know what i'm saying everybody wants to bless me but what you got <laughs> no but you know what i'm saying i know i know stop it Ada, stop it but uh <laughs> you know what i'm saying but but your faith releases that out of people too that may have been reluctant to sow you know we all got stuff to take care of we all it's not like them people rain people every day are raining money like cats and dogs i mean we've all got things we could do other than obey the spirit of god in blessing people you see and so it's this business about understanding who you are what you have access to if we could stay in that mindset all the time we could really move some stuff down here you understand what i'm saying and 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 so god wants us to stay in that mindset of expectation of only good things he is here to help us receive and attain to everything that he has promised us without fail he's not withholding stuff because you in a bad mood or you done done something stupid again huh so where was i i've never gotten to my scripture (laughs) in matthew chapter 7 we're going to start in verse 7 he says ask and it will be given you it will be amen it will be without reservation without qualifications he says ask and the implication there is to ask in faith ask and with a sense of knowing that it is there for you that he has it this is what you do you ask knowing that he has it set aside already for you see if if there's a it in there it's already there you may not have it but it's there already so he what he's saying is just ask and i'm going to release it to you you got me and so when you think about that if you possess something and us being people you know we'd like to give sometimes sometimes i ain't gonna give nobody nothing i'm just <laughs> we in a me fever you know <laughs> me first i give enough stuff I, I didn't give out as my mother used to say and so <laughs> you know what i'm saying and, and so we can we can get like that but god's never like that i mean never with like that withholding from god is usually fixable if he must withhold something from us it's fixable it's not impossible to be fixed you got me if something is delayed it's fixable 
And what we need to do is start getting in God's mind and getting on his schedule, getting in his his uh, understanding of what's going on instead of trying to lean on our own understanding. Because that's generally what happens when we get frustrated, upset, angry, whatever it is, uh, with things because they're delayed. I was listening to uh, uh, a minister talking about, and this is in the realm of healing. Now, I'm in the mindset that everybody can be healed right now. Got me? Everybody can be healed right now. Why? Because that's been atoned for already. You're not waiting on God to do anything to bring that to you. Amen. Now, there are some things, understandably, we may have to wait for. Things that pertain to somebody else having to get in gear about it. You know, it's, it's like uh, there were times where I always knew God was, was uh, helping me in my marriage. And it wasn't because I did everything right. <laughs> I got a C most days. <laughs> no, I didn't. I was an A student. God, I'm doing the <laughs> doing the best I can, God. No, but you know what I'm saying. You, relationship. You know, you're going to miss it sometime. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. What, what was I saying? See, y'all got me all messed up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this gentleman, though, was saying that he, and this was kind of interesting to me, and, and when I hear about faith like this, it always makes me long to be in that place and he said that he said he said yeah I, I just rest in the fact that it's already taken care of you know he said healing whatever it is he said God has never put me in a place where I've been uh, uh, totally uncomfortable with something now that torment that's punishment so you don't do that but God will give you peace about something until your symptoms all of them subside and you totally recover and he said, I had a wart on my ear. He said, and it had gotten pretty big. He said, and, and I had prayed and asked God, you know, we settled it with God, and I'm, I'm healed, you know. He said, and it stayed for a year. He said, and then people started coming up to him and saying, brother, can I pray? He said, no, I'm healed. And they'd look at him funny and everything. He said, this went over six years and he told people constantly he said y'all more upset about my ear than i am he said i'm healed and he said about after six years the thing dropped off finally you understand what i'm saying but while it was still visible it did not bother him you understand what i'm saying and so we have to get to the point in our faith that these things, visible or invisible, they do not bother us. And it's certainly not because we're doing anything wrong or we're in a bad place in God relationship-wise. It is, it is just what it is. There are some things about faith we cannot explain. But I remember Norval Hayes saying that when you start believing God for something, he said, the longer it takes, the better it is for you. And I used to hate to hear them words. Huh? But sometimes the longer it takes, the better it is for you. Why? You develop relationship with God during that time. And your relationship can either go from, from mediocre to in the crapper, or it can go from mediocre to excellent, depending upon what you do and how you look at your situation and how you internalize these things. 
most of all you got to remember at the end of the day god loves you he will never leave you he won't turn his back on you he won't abandon you he will not forsake you he loves you write that down he loves you y'all better stay engaged in this word because you don't need this word when the devil start beating you upside your head <laughs> a minute he tries to start telling you you ain't who I, we just discussed you were this week you're going to need this word <laughs> you know people I always look at church people I remember back in the days when the choir would sing and then they go in the back room like they didn't need the word Oh, yeah, you know that that phrase, preaching to the choir? That's what that's about. Choir don't need the word because we got it all. That's why uh, charismatic and spirit-filled churches went to what they call worship teams. And you walk on three or four people instead of a great big crowd where people just, you know, thought it was wonderful when the choir, oh, the choir's marching in today. They need to march out and go preach the gospel to somebody. You know what I'm saying? But that's another story. But, uh, you know, this word is what keeps us alive, folks. You can't do without this word getting in your spirit. And then the little bit you can grab onto will leave you very quickly. (laughs) You know, the first thing the devil will tell you, you think that woman was talking to you today? She ain't talking to you. She's talking to other people. They've got it going on. So, you know, just not not engaging by taking notes doesn't mean you're smart in god you know what i'm saying that just don't fall for the devil's tricks you know i need this more than anybody does that's why i try to stay in it so much you gotta and can do can always do more got me can always do more so jesus said ask and it will be given you it's already whatever it is is already reserved for you god doesn't have to go out and make something for you if he does it's easily makeable if it's down here on earth and he has to speak to people to tell them to uh release things to you and help you out or whatever it is he will do it for you immediately you got me that's why it's good to be one of those people who is quick to obey god the quicker you are to obey him in your time of need, the quicker he will grab somebody else to obey him to help fulfill that need for you. Amen. God knows who's going to do what he tells him to do. And he knows who won't. He knows who's on tryouts. He knows who's going to wrestle with things. And so if you're quick to, to obey God, he'll find that person who matches your quickness. Why would he get some turtle? Right, Poppy? (laughs) That's right. We don't want no turtle getting our message. Amen. I want somebody who's quick to respond to God because I want to be quick to respond to God too. Amen. And so he won't put you on a slow train if he knows you like speed. Amen. And, And you always sow speed. He won't do that. He says, seek and you will find. People who are seekers will always get what God has for them. Don't ever stop seeking. Don't get complacent. Don't quit. Take an off day or an off week 
anything like that just don't be casual like that about the things of god he says seek and you will find if you keep seeing he said this is without fail people who don't get their questions answered don't get healed don't find what they need quit looking you just quit you don't think you have now you propped up there in your pew just like everybody else but you have long since clocked out on wanting god to do anything for you i've seen people do this they go off a wall go out to lunch and don't ever come back you know take an early lunch break and so he said if you keep seeking that's the implication here ask and keep asking now i know faith people tell you if you ask more than once it's unbelief but i'm guilty okay because i keep looking for my stuff I remember one time I, I got a little frustrated about something. I said, God, did you hear me? And immediately that thing reversed. Keep asking. See, I had asked already. Huh? And out of frustration, I released that faith where I need this answer, God. In case you didn't hear me the first time, let me see something. And sure enough, it showed up. It says, knock and it will be opened to you knock and it will be opened to you now we're not talking about no b and e up in here you know no burglary of nobody's property y'all go knocking on stuff that ain't even yours we're talking about knocking on doors of opportunity to receive your promise people sometimes are very shy about seeking employment if you you know if you want a better job you want a promotion you want something here you want something sometimes we're very reluctant about stepping out and pursuing some things and i'll tell you why we just don't want to be told no and you're not supposed you in god you're not supposed to expect a no answer what what we get sometimes we interpret as a no is not a no that you can't have it but to know that this is not the right place for you but there is a place for you you understand what i'm saying like sometimes your no is because where you're looking from it looks like it's perfect for you but god sees it differently than you do and knows that when you get in there you're going to be all of it's like the same people i'm running from <laughs> got me so he will close that door huh ever been there you know you were qualified for a job you knew that job was yours and then you got there and got the big no huh well god didn't want to get you in no further trouble huh go in there and the boss looked just like the last when you left and you act just like the last when you left for a little bit more money not enough money to make a difference like that so he closes the door what you do after that depends on how you believe god to answer that prayer he wants you to keep knocking not get your feelings hurt and assume that then listen to the devil well they don't want you 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 just didn't do this right the last place and you don't act right and you don't do this right and and talk you out of continuing to pursue all of these instructions mean continual on your part keep knocking the door will be open to you. Everybody knows who Jack Ma is, that little guy, little little, little teeny weeny Asian guy 
He's the CEO and founder of Alibaba.com. And that's the huge, most humongous online uh, 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 clearinghouse. Really, it's a, uh, a, what would you call it, um, online shopping site. He says, he gives his testimony about the times that he was rejected. He said, oh, yeah, I forget. I applied to Harvard four times, was rejected. He even tried to get a fast food job, and they rejected him from like eight McDonald's or something like that. He said, but we see we do not give up. And he wasn't moved by none of this. It, it wasn't like a oh me, woe is me. They don't even know the worth of that company. It's hard to estimate what that company is really worth. It's up in the, the hundreds of billions of dollars. And all because he didn't quit and give up at being rejected so many times. It's amazing. You look that up on, on YouTube and look at his testimony. It will shock you how many times this man faced sudden failure or certain failure and bounced back. And he's not even claiming to be a Christian. Amen. And so these things, if these laws of accomplishment will work, I don't care if you're in God, out of God, you just have to keep doing these things. <clears throat> you look at some of the billionaires. <clears throat> they kept going to either the same place over and over again, different places. Um, the um, Catholic TV, EWTN, is ETWN or which one it is, yeah. And uh, Mother Angelica, was that her name? She said she was turned down. She wanted a loan to start the, the station. She had a station that was available to buy. She went to different banks to get the loan. She said the 20th bank she went to turned her down, and she slammed her fist down on the desk. And she said, heathen? And the guy, <laughs> the guy said, oh, wait a minute, Miss Ma'am. I think I can get that money for you. You understand what I'm saying? She just refused to be denied. And I guess her, amen. And I guess her considering him to be a heathen must have convicted him or something. He said, I don't want to be guilty of whatever that is she said I was. I don't want to be guilty. This woman works for God, you know. And so God's God's plan is that we receive but it's always a test of our faith. Do you, if you really believe him, you will keep knocking. You will keep believing. You will keep going back. You will keep up the same thing over and over and over again and believe that, that God has that thing for you. There was a, a gentleman, um, I forget what he, he's limited. He was the, um, anybody familiar with Watkins products? I think it's Watkins. It's. Either that or Fuller Brush, something like that. It's a door-to-door sales. He was the highest, highest grossing salesperson in that organization. He was born, I think, premature, and he's always had some type. He's never been able to live on his own. Uh, he's never had a, a, um, a driver's license. He couldn't drive. But he had made up his mind. His mother encouraged him and pushed him and helped him. Everything he did, his mother was right there with him all the time, pushing him, telling him he could do it. She forced the school system to make accommodations to educate him. And this was back in the 60s. And they kept some of those programs in place, and they've been able to take other developmentally 
disabled children into school and educate them because they broke through on it because she refused to have her child denied an education. And so when he got older, he got interested in door-to-door sales. He took the bus everywhere he went. He had some kind of deformity, couldn't use his hands very well. And his mother would tie his ties. He always dressed in a suit and a tie. His mother tied his ties for him. And so people would say, people would ask him, well, how did you do this? Uh, there's uh, this lady who worked for him wrote a book about it. it says 20 things or 10 things I learned from whatever this guy's name is but anyway she's she's she was his assistant and he would go door to door and make the sales and people would see him coming and his speech was kind of slow and you know it's like oh man I don't want to see this dude but and they would ask him well, well what made you keep going back to people who he said oh I knew eventually they would buy something he said, I had no doubt about it. He said, it didn't, it didn't matter to me how many times I had. He said, I was on the bus. They were on my bus route anyway. So I kept going until they bought something. Highest grossing salesman in the whole company. Unable to do the whole job himself. So he would get the orders and place them, and he would hire somebody to make the deliveries for him. They had a car. They'd make deliveries always on time, dressed in pe- he, he lived long enough for his mother to pass away. And he was so well-known and well-loved on his route. One of the places where he got off one bus and got on another was in the front of a hotel. And the doorman would fix his tie for him. He said, I was able to get dressed completely except I couldn't tie my tie and he would stop there in front of that hotel and the doorman would come out and tie his tie for him every day see that's that's faith folks that's that's not somebody who's feeling sorry for himself because he's some kind of victim and he can't do that that's faith faith will work for anybody in any situation so God tells you if you don't get it the first time keep going back keep knocking keep asking because it is worth it because God only gives you what's good and what's perfect. That's what we want to get to. The reason you get, it's worth the risk of your little pride and your little religious pride and, and having to explain to people why it's taken so long. You don't owe me an explanation. You don't owe anybody an explanation about your, your business, your promise. He says, so everyone that asks will receive. You, Nobody's left out. There's no such thing as asking and not getting. He that seeks will find. And to him that knocks, it will be open to him. So none of your efforts are in vain in the Lord. This is God you're dealing with, folks. This is not people. This is not an if and but or maybe. This is God who's given his word to himself. That he will not renege on a promise to him, uh, to anybody. It says, or what man is there of you who, if his son ask for bread, will give him a stone? He says, or if he asks for a fish, he'll give him a serpent. When you, your kids ask for food, they trust you to set food in front of them. Amen? He says, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your own children how much more shall your father this is it if you can't see yourself doing that to somebody don't put that on god you got me if you know you wouldn't do something like that then don't blame god don't think god's going to do something like that he'll only give us what's good and what's perfect so he says he said therefore all things whatsoever 
you would that men should do to you do also unto them so there's the the there's the sowing and reaping aspect of it if somebody if you're able to help somebody help them don't withhold good the bible says don't withhold good from someone if it's within your power to do it god is looking at you to help that's part of being a christian that's part of your christian witness is that if you you know if if somebody needs a ride somewhere and you got a car you give them a ride if somebody needs bus fare or something like that or bread you go give them bread it's 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 within your power to do it god puts things in your hands you are to distribute them with a pure heart See, God will trip you up. He'll get you to give in to somebody and, they, and have, you have no hope of ever getting anything back from them. Just to see how much of a giver you really are. Because, see, we can all give to people that we want to impress or we think have something or want to get something back from. But giving to people that you have no hope of getting anything from, that's the pure mark of your obedience to God. Amen. That reveals your heart for sure. So he says here, this is the sum of the law and the prophets. So he says, and and he ties it into asking and seeking and knocking. So asking and seeking and knocking work best when you're the type of person who if you uh, give, you you do the golden rule. Amen. Uh, Give to those the way you want them to give to you. And and I'll tell you, that'll clear your conscience before God quicker than anything will. Because if you are quick to, to distribute and quick to give and quick to bless and quick to, to, to uh, you, you know who you are, you know. Uh, you're a conduit. You're a giver. You're not fearful of releasing things out of your control and out of your power. If you're that kind of a person, God will be quick to... To put things in your hand that you desire and that you need. And so understand that God is quick to want to give to us. There's nothing wrong with him. There's nothing wrong with your relationship with him. You know, if there are things you think they bother your conscience, you go to God, you get that straightened out, and then the relationship's back on again. Amen. God does never, ever hold our sins and iniquities against us once they are confessed and repented of. It's stuff you keep doing, you keep going back to him and keep dealing with it until you get assured that, that the forgiveness is complete. And if you can live like that, live with a clear conscience before God, then this covenant will work for you. Amen. It'll work every single time in every situation that God has for you. Other than that, if there's a waiting involved in the promise, it's because it's better for you if God were to put that off in your life, you got me? This is better for you. And so we have to think more in terms of the way God thinks about us than the way we think ourselves. James 1 tells you where good things come from. James, where you at? Praise God. James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And it comes down from the Father of lights 
With him there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So he he wants us to understand that if you ever went to God for something, it must have been because you believed he would give it to you and it was good. You know, you good it, you only want to receive good things. So because the reason he says there's no shadow of turning no variableness god doesn't change that means that whatever you ask him for in the beginning it's going to remain the same no matter how long it takes you to get it here now most people if it takes some time they either diminish in their desire for something hmm? wanting things is kind of funny you can want and you can want you can want things in God and you can want things in your flesh. Most people, when they ask for things from God, it's, a, it's kind of a mixture of both. You want it, but you want it under certain conditions. And what God is doing with time is he's removing the conditions to get you to the point where you really want it. Period. And... and Think about God and his purity and his holiness. He doesn't want people amassing stuff from him that are frivolous about it. It's like, you know how it is when when your children are small, they want everything they see on television they want at Christmas. You know, I mean, you always save up Christmas for for the biggie, for the whammy. And that keeps you from buying toys all year long. But see, in that period of time, that kid has amassed a list of about 15 or 20 things he wants all on that one day. And that's really how we look at what we ask God for sometimes. It's like a Christmas thing. We want it all right now, all in one day. And we think the faster we get it, the more we'll enjoy it. But God looks at things totally different. See, we're looking through carnal eyes. We're looking at the Bible, but your mind is going ching, 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 Huh? Looking at that word. Oh, I can have that. And all of it and more of it. And so what God has to do then is work on us to purify our desire so that we want it in him. We want to receive it through Christ. And the only thing you can get through Christ is what's good and perfect and pure. And so while you might be praying for, say, a husband, God is looking at a relationship. He's looking at that person that you would be married to and what their needs are. He's looking at a whole lot. And see, you look in ring dress. You know what I'm saying? That's about as far as we go in the... Don't act like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. See, this is where, see, I, I'm ready to go home now. But see, when, when, when women think about, they think about wedding. They get wedding and marriage confused. And see, God says, okay, the marriage is over. Let me get you over into what marriage is really all about. And so he's looking at somebody who will be able to grow with you and you with them. If you're a woman, he's looking at somebody who's, who's, who's looking for somebody to complete and complement their life. 
somebody a woman of proverbs 31 woman that you y'all don't even read that no more you know what i'm saying if you're looking to get married you better be deep on that thing of course i did rip mine out of my husband's bible bought him a bible <laughs> you don't need that page i'm a preacher i know what i'm doing here skip that no i didn't but you know what i'm saying i was ready to disown that it's being part of the bible I said, well, Solomon, you know, he was a drunk and he was. <laughs> but, you know, we need to be beefing up on that. But we get so oriented to ring dress. Huh? List. Let me get on the uh, bridal registry and all that kind of stuff and see what God is. And see, we think God is holding it up because we can't get enough money together for the ring dress aspect of it. You get frustrated and tired and waiting and all that kind of stuff. Where God is looking at marriage as something totally different. He's looking at a, a relationship that's, his main question for you is, can you tough it out until you die? Or are you going to let it kill you? You understand what I'm saying? And so when God starts looking at the marriage covenant, what that means and the change that it's going to bring to your life he looks at, do I, can I count on her to let the change happen in the marriage or do I have to change her before? Because she's going to flip out when I show her who it is. Are y'all asleep or what y'all doing here? <laughs> what is she talking about? I'm just going, I'm going to skip this one. She let me wait till next week. Maybe she'll be on something else. I ain't getting on nothing now. And then when the brother come here and he ain't what you thought he was supposed to be, then you want to get, well, look, I hear every good and every perfect gift. Is... Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what shape are you in? Mm-hmm. Everybody's rough cut in the making. And so God wants to see if there's enough love, there's enough of him free to live through you to make this thing work. That's all he's looking at. He's not looking at, well, I won't say all. There are some important things. You don't want to get into a marriage where there's a struggle. You don't want to be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. That's kind of obvious, you know. There are some things that God will look at. But overall, he's grooming you and preparing for you so that the good and perfect in you can be strong enough to match what he brings to the table so this marriage will last. And so if it takes a while, what difference does it make as long as you're looking at the contentment it will bring to your life? See, we all look at promises as I got to have it now. I gotta, and, and if it doesn't come now, there's something wrong somewhere. There's never anything wrong when you're expecting God to bring it into your life. Just allow God to change your vision and your view about what it is that you think you're waiting on. See? He'll bring that to you according to the image that He has already stored up on the inside as to who you are. That little guy yesterday that came, that gentleman that came yesterday from, uh, where was Kenya? Yeah, to the meeting. God had already prepared who he was on the inside of him. 
why it's never been confirmed i have no idea i don't know who he's around or anything like that but if god has to take you halfway around the world to confirm who you are it must be important see your identity is so important it's important that you look at yourself the way god sees you and it's important that you know who you are and you're not deceived into thinking that oh there's something wrong with me as to why this hasn't happened yet or or in the worst thing worst case scenario is to get what you want in the flesh and miss what god has for you you got me and so but don't be afraid of that now see here we go again we we think what we're waiting on is is something uh better than what we see right now we think we can have right now that's not always true there are times where we are are delayed because god is developing our own self-image so that we'll know more who we are and not let us be a reflection of some other human being that we can't fit into and then all of a sudden one day you say well i've never known who i was i've never had a chance to be myself huh because you kept grabbing at everything before god could smack your little hands and tell you that wasn't yours you grabbed it already you see and this is how we get things uh the ishmael effect in life a wall full of ishmaels and all we are missing god at every turn because we don't know how to let him develop the good and perfect on the inside of us you've got to have a good understanding of how god sees you you've got to be clear on that you have to be understanding of of what your needs are your real needs and understanding of what that other individual's needs are and be willing to meet those needs it can't be just a a me too thing all the time or my turn thing it's got to be given over to god so that you can see the way he sees he sees the good and the perfect in everybody and you want to see how he sees so that your vision of what he has for you will be accurate you won't shrink back in fear from it you'll be willing to step into it because you trust god to bring you only the good and only the perfect the word good really refers to that which is valuable and virtuous so there's nothing to be afraid of and let's say god just bring me the person in my life you want me to have there's nothing wrong with that it it means to be intrinsically good good from the inside out no deception no tricks it's something that will benefit us something that is worthy there are times when we we think about trusting god for something that we desire and we shrink back because we're afraid it won't be right if god says he only gives you good and perfect that me he means what he says and so to shrink back in fear continually and not ask god to help you and correct that and move that out of the way i remember talking with somebody once and um there was somebody uh, that we was in the ministry i think and they had had a conversation with that person and they said uh 
They said, uh, oh, yeah, that, that person wants to, uh, to get their husband back. And I told him, don't take him back too quick because he might still be messed up. I said, why would you tell somebody that foolish, something that foolish? And they said, well, he might not be straightened out. I said, she might not be either. See, and what does that say about God? If God makes that reconciliation happen, you're going to say no to it because you think that person's not. If you wanted them when they left, what condition were they in when they left you? And when this broke up, if they stayed with you, are they still no good? I mean, how did they turn from from Dr. Jekyll to Mr. Hyde all of a sudden because you were separated? See, people miss the day of their visitation because they don't have a clue what they're looking for. Then they're looking for God to give them a raw deal and give them something bad when God is the most trustworthy person you'll ever have in your life. If he says it's time to tie the knot back again, then tie the knot back again. If he says it's time to to drop the animosity and be friends and be friends. He's working on something that's greater than what you know. Because he's not only looking at you and what you want right now, he's looking at the future you. He's looking at the you he's developing you into being. He's not looking at what you are now, what you think now. He's looking at your future. He's preparing something for you that you've never had before. If we'll let him bring us good things. If you don't remember anything else, remember God says it's for me, it's good. I don't care what it looks like, it's good anyhow. I don't care if you think it's not good to you, it's good for you anyhow. You got me? And quit letting the devil steal everything. You know, we treat God sometimes more like an enemy than we do a friend. He knows what he heard what you wanted when you asked for it, even if you don't know what you want. And that's the problem with most of us. We have no clue. So you have to trust God to prepare you sometimes and change your view about what it is that you're asking for. A perfect gift means something that has reached its ultimate. It's full grown. It's complete. And it's a full age. Be careful wanting things out of season. Because they're incomplete. They're not a full age and they're not full grown. And so if you, you know, say some, sometimes a relationship or a marriage can be on life support. Because you can't wait until that thing is full age and full grown. Sometimes you want somebody who's not mature enough to handle a marriage relationship. Responsibility. They crumble under that. But you want to get married anyway. You've got to stop pushing people. Let God bring the perfection out of that person that could be there. Or you'll wind up being a hindering spirit in their life. You got me? You have to wait for God to make things the way he wants them to be. He has a vision in mind for you, your life. Your spouse, your children, everything connected with your life, it's got to be good and perfect by God's standards. You can't push because you think you're supposed to. 
You understand what I'm saying? Especially when it talks when in relationships with people. They want something too. They're human too. So we have to learn how to look at things from God's view. You'll learn how to respect people and you'll learn how to see them the way God sees them if you wait for God to show you what it is that he has for you. Just let him, God, you know, it's taken me a long time and I've been wanting you to bring me some. What's the hold up? You got me? And deal with your relationship in God. Let him reveal to you what he has in mind for you. Let him reveal to you what he wants to do with your life. All of this has to do with what you think. Do you think God really loves you enough to bring you what's good and perfect in your life? Or you're willing to say, I don't want it anymore because you can't handle the change that it's going to bring to you to get the mindset of God in this thing. People are not toys. They're people. They're not things. They're people. And God wants us to appreciate, number one, that about one another. Do unto them as you would have them do unto you. And so you don't want to pressure somebody or railroad somebody or, you know, I know I kid about it sometimes, throwing a gun up a brother's nose and getting him up to the altar and so forth. But you don't want to do that. You want God to put it together. And sometimes it'll shock you how rapidly God will move. You'll be at an impasse one day and think it's not going anywhere and forget it. And then all of a sudden, boom, 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 things fall into place. Why? Because in some place in you, you've released it to God and you're allowing God to make that thing what he wants it to be, the good and the perfect. Amen. So that you will have joy in it. You won't be threatened. The devil won't be threatening you that it's going to crumble. Right before your eyes, you get the threat out of you. have a confidence in that relationship. You have a confidence in your marriage. You have something there that's solid that God can help you build on. So perfect means having reached its end. It's full grown. It's complete. It's full age. Prayers have to mature, folks. There's all kinds of moving parts in your prayer that have to have be affected by God. It means, uh, perfect means having gone through its necessary stages to completion. There are things that must go, go through their necessary stages to completion. It means it has reached its end result or its end aim. God will not give you anything that's substandard subpar halfway or half done it will be complete and it will be perfect and see this is what you rest in you rest in god it's kind of torture for me to keep waiting but i know it's worth the wait don't fret about it don't be concerned about it don't get up in god's face and tell him if you don't give me this i'm just you know what i'm saying quit going to church quit giving whatever we threaten to do because you want it so that it is perfected before you get involved in it you don't want anything that's why you know christians you see like the duggars would do with their kids keep them separated until they got a real assurance that this was the person for you because having too much freedom in your relationship and physical contact will put a whammy in there like you won't believe. you be hot to trot every time you see them. Got me? And you ain't trotting nowhere. 
And so you have to allow God to develop patience in you. Think about the long term. Well, I can wait because I'm going to be with this person till I die. But nobody ever says that on this side of the marriage. You got me? But you'll be able to last because God will help develop things in that person and things in you individually. Let you make your mistakes in private. Let him make his mistakes in private so that you'll be able to, at the end, understand that God, I'm glad I let you take this over. And I'm glad if you find out that person's not the right person for you. Amen. You found that out and you didn't get married and now you got all that other stuff facing you. You found that out in advance. So if you ask for something to make you happy or bring you joy, God is preparing that for you. It's in preparation mode. He sends what our heart cries out for, not what the pressures of society dictate, not what our friends are involved in, and we think we ought to be able to do that too, not to help us not feel rejected and left out. He doesn't consider any of that nonsense. When you ask him for something, he begins to prepare it for you. Abraham was told by God that he would have many descendants, and Ishmael was not the one. So Ishmael, being born of his flesh, was not up to God's standards. What God wants to do is to help you ride out the impulse to create Ishmael in your life. I don't care what it is, whether you're you're in a job, whether you're in a relationship, whether you're buying property, whatever it is. He doesn't want you to be in a fever for it, but he wants you to trust him to develop what's good and what's perfect for you in your life. He knows what you're going to need down the road. He knows what what he's got in mind for you down the road. And if you will allow him to open the right door for you. Now, some of you who are mature in God, a little more mature, you've knocked on some doors and they didn't open for you. And then you sit back and you realize it was out of season. It wasn't the right time for it. You were being pushed and pressured by other things. And so you come to a place now where you're relaxed about it and you're waiting for God to move you. That's all he wants. He wants to be the one to move you into your new tomorrow and what it is that you're you're looking for. And so if you will relax in him and let him know continually that you trust him. God, I trust you for the good and the perfect. God, I trust you that you can change my heart and you can cause me to desire only what's good and what's right for me. If you can do that, then God can help you and get the right things in your life without disaster. Your life, you don't have to fear a train wreck or fear a a big mistake in your life and make you shy away from making commitments. I don't care what you're committing to. And so God will will move you. If you're in, in moving process, you're in a good place. You've gone out and you've knocked and you've tried and and the doors were shut and you backed off. Keep it in your heart that you want it still. Don't take that as a closed door rejection from God and I don't want it anymore. You got me? Don't be a cold Christian. You understand what I'm saying? People that can't get excited about life anymore, can't get excited about and pray for somebody else to get what belongs to them. Because yours is coming. 
Amen. If you stay in that mode of, of being where God wants you to be, the do unto others, I'm going to pray for others as I would pray for myself and allow my heart to stay engaged in the promise, the thing that God has promised me. You can't you can't shut down and call yourself a Christian and a faith person. You have to stay open to everything that God has for you. So Ishmael was not up to God's standard. And you've got to understand that about things that you've asked him for. He's got a standard that he wants for you to have. Not you personally, because you all that. And you hot. huh? But you generically, all of his children. He has a standard for all of his children. He has things, he has places he wants you to go, things he wants you to do, people he wants you to engage with. And he has a standard that he wants you to live in. I remember, I think it was Miriam Hellman said that she was, found herself, I guess, with her husband. They had lived in Israel for a while, moved back to the United States. They lived in Washington, D.C., the standard of living is extremely high there. You know, not not ghetto Washington, but, you know, where Marion Barry was. Not that Washington. But government Washington. is People just make a ton of money. Are we all paying for it? And so she was in this neighborhood, and she her, they had one car in the family. Her, her husband drove it and had to because he couldn't just commute. And so she said that she was praying for a car. And she said a picture of a car came in her mind. And she said that somebody called her and told her, they said, well, you know what? I work out of town Monday through Friday and I have this car available. And the Lord put it on my heart to ask you if you wanted it. And they said, well, let me describe it to you first. And they said the color's a little strange and this and that. And she said the way they described it was exactly what God has showed her was going to be her car. And they brought it to her, and she was invited to go teach in a Bible study. And she had to go there, and, and it was a Mercedes. And she said, I looked at it. It was a little, uh, kind of a smallish car. I thought it was a Toyota or something. <laughs> and so she was shocked. It was a Mercedes. She says, and I looked at it, and I said, well, this is an expensive car. Are you sure? They said, oh, yeah, it's yours. Take it. When she got to the Bible study, that's all it was out there. Mercedes, Cadillacs, blah, 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 blah. Now you can say this. Well, she's she's humbling herself before God. And God, you just need to get to the meeting. That ain't how God saw it. He said, my girls, uh, they're going to roll up there in the kind of ride that everybody rolls up in. So he got her a Mercedes to get her to the Bible study and back. Wasn't even hers. She didn't have to pay insurance, anything on it. Amen. But she had use of it because that was the standard that God had set for her. Suppose you drive up in a clunker or any old kind of car. You don't know how you might be received. Let God decide what he wants your public image to be. The good and the perfect. Now, don't go telling God you got to have a Mercedes because everybody else has got one. You got one? And so this is what you have to understand. When God ordains something for you, when you pray and you ask God for something, trust him to prepare exactly what he needs, what you need, what he has for you, what your heart really longs for. you got to trust him with everything. you got to trust him with your heart. You have to trust him to change your heart if that's necessary. 
You have to trust him to bring truth to you, reveal to you. You know, you got to stop doing this because I, I, I got to bring you some things in your life that, that are going to make you a little uncomfortable. So you got to give this up here and trust me to bring you something else in its place. You understand what I'm saying? So these things are change situations, these delays in your prayers, these delays in receiving what we feel may be related to something we've done wrong. I'm telling you, it's not wrong. You need to check in with relationship place. And understand that there are so many things that God wants to reveal about himself, about you. Don't be afraid to face your faults because they're fixable. The only reason God points them out is that they're fixable and he wants to fix them. And if you get yourself fixed, you'll find yourself in a different mindset about what it is that you're expecting God to bring to you. You'll find yourself chilling out about things. Without feeling you don't want them anymore. There's a difference between chill and expectation and chill and don't care no more. You got me? And God will put you in that place where you're a chill expector. You're not being pushed one way or the other, but you understand you have peace about it. You trust God totally. God, if you need to fix something, I'm I'm expecting you to fix it, and I'm joyful about you fixing it. I'd rather have it fixed now than to wait to have it fixed at a time where I'm more vulnerable about losing things, whatever it is. But I'm telling you, these delays are not because it's good and it's perfect. Everything he sends you is that way. He's not sending you anything that's subpar, substandard. Now, if you get something like that, it's because you went out and got it. And don't blame that on God. You got me? But it's fixable. If you'll work with God, he can fix that too. Amen? And so we have to get ourselves in a mindset that we're waiting on something valuable. We're waiting. I don't care how long you've been waiting. It's good, and it's perfect, and it's valuable, and it's worth waiting for. Amen? It's worth waiting for because God has prepared it for you. He'll hold on to things for you long after you don't care anymore. Amen? Look at Zechariah and, and Elizabeth. He said, what baby? I don't want no baby. You thought the wrong guy. And he said, Poof, shut his mouth right up. He said, it's coming anyway. You got me? If you got to shut your mouth, shut your doors. <laughs> shut your brain down whatever you got to do he'll get you under control so that he can bring it into your life don't ever underestimate god and his love folks what he'll do for us it's beyond mind-boggling okay why don't we stop father thank you for your word amen for understanding and praise god would you feel better staying there and wait till after it's over or what okay cool all right all right So that'll be your spot right there. And the password is, I want it. Amen. Amen. Sister McKinley, she done mooched all up in there. You can't have Tanya's. You got to have, you want yours. Oh, okay. There you go. All right. Amen. Now, the, the Lord does have a word for us. And the Lord is this, it's this. He said, I am a faithful God, and I want you always to think about me as faithful. Don't let the enemy steal that revelation from you. What I say I'm going to do, I will do. 
I have staked my life on it, on every single word that comes out of my mouth is a guarantee that my life is staked upon it and I will never break my word to myself. I am God. And understand that when I promise you something, I mean to deliver it to you without fail. He said, but I have people in the making and I am making relentless pursuers out of you. I am not allowing you to be whining, crying, temper tantrum, throwing babies. But I am making people who are warriors and relentless pursuers in this place, says the Spirit of God. And I mean to make you that because that's part of my vision for you, says the Spirit of God. And the relentless pursuers are the ones who get the spoil, says the Lord. For I have my best reserved for you, but I must bring my best out of you, that you would attain it, you will value it, you will continue to pursue it, and you will hold on to it, says the Spirit of the living God. And there are many, many like you, says the Lord, who are waiting for the relentless pursuit, and they are in hot pursuit of my promises. And I will deliver on what I have promised each and every one of you, says the Lord. And deep down you know it. So don't let the, the enemy interfere with our relationship. I am making something out of you that you have no idea ever could be created out of you, says the Spirit of God. And allow me to do my work in you and I will bless you. And I will give it to you, says the Spirit of the living God. Thank you, Lord. And don't ever tell me what I can't do, says the Lord. For with God... Things are, all things are possible. With man, it's impossible, but it is totally possible with me, says the Lord. And I am doing the impossible in you, says the Spirit of the living God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. If you only knew, says the Lord, if you only knew your worth to me and your value to me, says the Lord, if you only knew, and I want to reveal it to you, I want to reveal what your worth is to you, says the Spirit of the living God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. The Lord says it's not about things, it's about you. Don't get the two confused. It's not about things, but it's about you, says the Lord. Praise God. Okay, praise God. We all good? Amen. Amen. Praise God.
He says he said he's he's gotten you down to the bare studs. He says, and it's a tremendous makeover, says the Lord. Don't ever doubt him. He's doing it. Amen. He's doing it. He's doing it. Amen. Ms. Jan had a praise report for us. Remember her friend with the the uh, ankle, broken ankle, and she was going to have to have the surgery. The doctors told her it's healing fine. There's no surgery. So she was we're waiting for that. Amen. So God is good. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, bless our bread and our water. Take sickness from the midst of us. Bless.